1: G. Sean, G. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday
2: mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, guys.
3: Good morning, Key. Squad. Nice. See your Another squad movie. last night hooping.
2: Another beautiful day in New York, as you can see. And a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, listen, going into this Beautiful sports... day in Miami as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that was predictable. <laughs> Don't lose sight. That was predictable. This series less predictable because... You know, either one of these teams had good chances, and right now the Lakers have great chances. By the after way, when teams night. go up
3: three, three to one, they win the series ninety-five percent of the time. I, I
2: figured it would be higher than that. Right? Ninety-five. Like, two hundred sixty-four yeah.
3: teams have won it.
2: Thirteen teams have actually came back from three-one deficits. Well, LeBron was one of those teams in two thousand sixteen against Steph, and now Steph has a chance to repay the favor. Yes, Key. <laughs> Key is frozen. I froze Key.
3: No, we just know you've been waiting all day to talk about Steph having to come back 3 to You one. misunderstand did you, me.
1: Did you enjoy did you enjoy last night's game, Max? Yeah. How about you, Jay?
3: I loved it. Did you? It was did?
1: it was it was pretty good. Yeah, right? it was a it dope game. And it was Dramatic. you got everything out of it, you know. Players came to play. The ones that was cold got hot, the ones that was hot got cold. The the role players on LA chipped in at critical times.
3: You mean the fourth quarter? <laughs> All fifteen points are chi- yeah, Lonnie Walker.
1: That yeah, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. The fourth. Hey, hey, by
3: the way, AD had four points not. in the second half, right? Yeah. Like Lonnie Walker yeah. had fifteen points in the fourth. Lonnie quarter. Walker. What the fourth quarter. We're not going to do
1: JMX. You're yes. not going to steal my thunder. That's what you're not going to do. Why is that? Because I discovered Lonnie Walker. Oh, I okay? see. Okay, coming out of Reading, PA, six foot four, two hundred pound oh. guy. He scouted him. Me a lot of, lot of yeah. a receiver, you know, and having an opportunity to see him mm- at Miami. And then when I was talking to Popping Company down in San Antonio, they made the decision to take him as the 18th pick in the first round. Then, you know, in the end, we got an opportunity. So when I talked to Hammy uh, after the, the yeah. first game, I said, hey, look, we're getting, we're getting our you know what's kicked in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second game. Why don't you give him an opportunity? Let's see what he type of energy level he plays with in that second mm-hmm. blowout. He did well. So then we figured, okay, let's give him some spot minutes, Jay. And then we came along last night and we said, hey. Here's a kid who can help us out in a lot of different ways with high energy in the fourth quarter. LeBron signed off on it, and the rest is history. Give him an extension. Well, that was quite a thing you did there, gee. Uh, yeah. Lakers fans are very mm-hmm. happy.
2: By the way, you misunderstand me about Steph, guys. I'm not uh, saying what? he can't. I'm just, we're I, going I, 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 I want can to get back to Lonnie Walker. I want to get back to
3: Lonnie Walker for a second before we have another four hours for <laughs> you to talk about. Lakers well, except that and you Steph. brought it up before, and I was in the middle. But of But then the I thought.
1: tried to get out of it by. Getting to Lonnie Walker. You got, now, Jay, go on. Go hold, with Lonnie. Hold on a second.
2: It's not that I don't think he can do it, although it's improbable, or I'm rooting against it. I just want to see it. Like, LeBron did it. It was incredible. And the Warriors are capable of doing it. It's not like they're incapable, but it will be very difficult. Now, go ahead, Jay. Tell me all about Lonnie Walker, the fourth quarter. That's his new nickname. I, it, I just think it's a, it's a great example
3: for people out there to always stay ready. Because before the trade line, right after the trade deadline, like he was out of the rotation, like he was not engaged defensively. His shot selection was sporadic. He had played a lot of minutes with the Spurs before, and you just think something's going to be given to you. And this dude has always stayed ready. He's been in the gym. He stayed ready, working on his game. And all of a sudden, in the moment in which they need him, in which AD was tired because of what he brought to the table defensively in a game in which LeBron was missing a lot of shots and just literally playing bully ball, trying to punish people to get to the rim. This dude single-handedly, if he doesn't go for 15 points in the fourth quarter, the Lakers do not win the game. They don't win the game. And we're talking about Steph's triple-double in a very different way. It's going back to Golden State 2-2 instead of the Lakers
1: being up 3-1. And the great thing about that, though, J2, is Ham realized, and the coaching staff realized, the fresh legs that this kid had. And when everybody else was tired in the fourth quarter and holding on to their uh, the, edge of their, the edge of their shorts and bending over, he was fresh legs. So he can go 6-9 and from the field. He can knock down the free throws with no problem at all. He can play defense. You know, he can do all those sort of things because his legs is fresh.
2: Fresh legs is a big reason. Like, you see star players when they get gassed versus bench players on fresh legs. Bench players are like the stars. And the star players become like role players. So especially a guy who's well-rested like that and, as you said, stayed ready – It's so funny that LeBron is now being—you can't say carried—but the role—he's
3: a shell of himself. Yes, he's not. not He's
2: doing what he can, but as in, whereas in the past he would drag a group kicking and screaming. Right now he's leaning on these guys, and they're coming through for him.
3: Well, it's almost like him and AD their possessions where they're just—I mean—they're not doing anything impactful on the offensive end, whereas D'Lo, Schroeder. Austin Reeves, last night Lonnie Walker. Austin Reeves played well last night as well. But, okay, help us create shots. Uh, put us in positions to score. And when LeBron picks his spots, it's just, okay, I got stuff on me. I'm going to bully ball him down on the block. I'm going to punish people down low. Like, that's what the offense is.
1: You know what, Jay? See, I don't think he's a shell of himself. I think he's a... Smart enough, savvy enough, thirty-year-old, forty-year-old. Uh, thir- uh, veteran. Year old, yeah. I'm going to call him forty. Forty-year-old <laughs> yeah, 40. veteran that knows, like you said, pick spots. He knows they're smaller than me. There's nothing they can do. Why do I? Why would I take a bad shot when I could just go down there with my big old shoulders and power through Steph? He bouncing the Steph every time he bounces the step. Steph go two feet. Bounce it to him again, two feet. Before you know it, as you know as a defensive player, you look up. You're underneath the rim. It's too late at that point. Yeah, I,
3: I, a show of himself wasn't a negative comment. Oh, I it's just, was, no,
1: I didn't say it. I, I mean, it, the it, standard just, he set. Yeah, the yeah. standard
3: that LeBron yeah. James has. It's, it's a different type of game. But, Key, okay, I will say this, though. So, even though AD didn't have a prolific fourth quarter, like, you know, I, we talked about there's multiple ways you can guard a pick-and-roll. Now, mm-hmm. it's apparent that the volume of pick-and-roll that Golden State is running is way higher. Hence, the reason why you see... Clay Thompson struggle or Jordan Poole last night have a donut, right? Because now you move away from the continuity in offense and they become stagnant. They become more spot-up shooters, right? Which allows people to stay glued to them. You can stay home on those guys cuz there's not as much movement off the ball. Now, Steve Kerr did start Gary Payton the second last night. You saw him involved in a lot more ball screens cuz he can pick apart, make plays happen. But you saw Steph, a high doses of Steph with the ball in his hand. So the way you guard pick and roll is, number one, you can have drop coverage, what you talked about. Number two, you can blitz the pick and roll. Or number three, you can switch it. The last possession of the game, or like the possession before last, AD switched the pick and roll. He did one hell of a job guarding Steph on an island. Got him to settle for a one-legged step-back jumper in which he missed. Now, that switch allowed Draymond Green to get the rebound. And then he guarded him so well that he allowed Steph to take a shot like five and a half, six feet away from the three-point line, contested. Look at him. With the arm out, it's con- that's a hell of a defensive presence to get Steph to settle for that. And you probably don't win the game unless A.D. has the ability to guard Steph on the island two possessions in a row.
2: Do you think that A.D., because I've noticed this about LeBron post-Miami, he started being like, okay, I can't do the Pat Riley, Eric, Eric Spolstra, play maximum defense, effort defense on every possession. I have too much to do on the offensive side. I'm getting older. So he would hold that back for critical moments later in the season, in the playoffs, where in high leverage moments he'd be a really good defender, but otherwise his defense would slip. It was smart of LeBron to preserve himself. Do you think AD Miami? was post-Miami, post-Miami, post-Miami you saw his defense not as consistent because who could do that every possession for 20 years, right? Do you think there was some version of that for, from AD last night where he gave him what he could in the first half? It's back-to-back games. We call me KG on this show because it goes up and down. And then he recognized, all right, I'm going to have to save myself for some high leverage moments here in the, in, in the second half of the game. I mean,
3: look, he played 43 minutes. Like We, we talked about, like, minutes restrictions for he, LeBron. Like Le, what you say, Keith?
1: I was laughing because you said he played 43 minutes. I was like, yeah, he went to the bench and said how. He was like, right back, back up. In. Right back up.
3: But, like, that. by the way, this is what we talked about for Game 5, right? This is what happened in Memphis. You go for it in Game 5. You try to, all right, now we're going to be up 3-1. Now we're in a commanding lead of this series. And we have three more games to get one. Now, I, I don't think this series is over. Um, I think it's going to take one hell of a knockout punch to knock out the defending champion, especially when they're going back home. And th- think about it. Ste- I mean, Steph was overall, he was, Steph was 12, 12 of 33 or 14 from the three-point line. Steph goes five of 14, a different game. Like So they're still right there even with Jordan Poole having a donut, even with Klay Thompson going 3 of 11 from the field. So uh, it's still going to be a series, but they, I, I, what, a, what a junkyard, backyard mentality for the Lakers to win this game.
2: Well, They, I mean, they the shot Lakers- under
3: 30% from the three-point line again, Max, which goes back to that point. It's not like they're shooting the ball well. They're finding a way to win the game in the trenches. They, man.
2: They, and, and the Lakers stole one on the road. And then defended home court. Now <laughs> Golden State's going to have to defend home court, or the thing is over in the next two games. And to consider
1: where I understand key your next point. Next two games, you mean next game?
2: Well, I'm saying they're going to have to def- it, it, they're going to have to defend both games at home, or the series is over. Oh no, you're right. You next game, yeah, 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 Next game. Yeah, ain't going be, be oh, no. Yeah, yeah, one We can handle our business b- on Wednesday. Which is b- even yeah. worse b- for b- them, right? They're going to have to defend home, win on the road. The whole they have to win out.
1: What what's their what did they so they've dropped every game on the road except one, huh? The one they got in Sacramento, everything else they dropped on the road.
2: Which stays yeah. in line with the season. This yeah. is what they've been doing all season. Well, they are
1: so bad on on the road. It's a great
2: question. Usually the veteran teams are you know, that's what that comes last, learning to win on the road, but they should know how to do that, right?
3: I mean look, at the end of the day, like they're they're still <laughs> they were right there. They were right there. Yep. So Back-to-back games now, which LeBron and AD have played over 40 minutes, you have to assume that in game five, they're going to play less minutes, right? So, I mean, there's going to be an advantage for Golden State in that game, especially the tempo. They're going to be pissed off that they lost two in a row. So, you would think it's probably going to come back to L.A., and that's going that to be that defining more. Because if you get to game six, I mean, you, you say, can't get down and get at home.
1: Fact check, they, they lost two on the road.
2: They won two on the road, you're saying? I mean, they they won, won two on the road. They won two in Sacramento. They won two in Sacramento. Yes. Fact check. Well, listen, as Key has been pointing out, the Lakers are, not, are a fake bottom seed. They are really much more like a top three or four seed in the conference post-trade deadline. So this is not a shock or anything, but it's a tough series between two of the top, say, four teams in the Western Conference. So the
3: conference. thing about Heat were in a fight with the Bulls for the in spot, lose to Atlanta – end up being the eighth seed, beat the number one seed. Now they're one game away from the Conference Finals. And then the Lakers are a team that started 2-10, and 10, and they were 13th at the All-Star break. And now they're one the game away from the Conference Finals.
2: That's where we are. It's been a crazy postseason. What went wrong for the Warriors? Steve Kerr has a theory, but is he right, KJM?
0: Passion, drive, and patience.
2: You can hear us on SiriusXM Channel 80, the ESPN app. By the way, you can download the podcast in case you missed anything. What went wrong for the Warriors? I mean, other than Lonnie Walker, the fourth quarter. No one likes that name. I think it's I think it's perfect. The fourth quarter. Lonnie Walker, the
1: fourth quarter. Yeah, the fourth quarter. I'm ready to play.
3: All all I want to tell people is get a chance to Google Lonnie Walker's name and understand his background, where he came from, and you will root for this man to succeed. Like, there are certain stories in sports key um, that sometimes they reveal themselves and it can make people uncomfortable. But when you hear about what Lonnie Walker went through as a young child, and what he was able to accomplish by getting drafted to the Spurs, and how he's always stayed ready and continued to work through challenges and adversity with the Lakers for this to happen in one of the most iconic moments in basketball history for the Lakers to win Game Four—it just—it it makes me so happy
2: knowing him as a young person came up huge. So, so what went wrong for the Warriors other than Lonnie Walker IV? Steve Kerr has a theory. The question is, is he right about it? Jay, Key, here is Steve Kerr, who refused to blame the officials after the Game 4 loss at the post-game presser.
4: So I thought the fourth was about, uh, it was about Walker, and it was about, I think we had three or four illegal screens um, called, and um, that was disappointing. I didn't get a look at at, uh, the replay on any of them, but... um, you know, there were a couple that were very disappointing just live. Um, but, you know, the Lakers are, uh, you know, they're a team that, that plays with a lot of gamesmanship. They understand, um, you know, how to, how to generate some calls. I thought they took some flops and, and, um, were rewarded, but I'll have to see the, uh, uh, the replays. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those were all illegal screens, but, uh, didn't feel like it watching it live.
1: Okay, yeah, I- so, yeah. I understand now what he means by the illegal screens. I wasn't sure before. I thought he was talking about the Lakers wasn't called for illegal screens. Those screens that the Warriors was setting, man, them the, man, they knocked the dude down, hit him right in the jaw. And then the Draymond went on the on the edge, Jay. There, I mean, you couldn't really get a good clean shot at it. it looked like he chicken normed him a little bit, and he wind up Lonnie Walker wind up falling down on the baseline. I mean, on the uh, out of bounds line over there, but. Hey man, it is what it is.
3: I mean, and look, you you can sit there. I mean, and I, I think Steve Kerr would agree to this. You you can always recall moments within the game where you had wished certain calls weren't made, but it's not like Golden State still didn't have a legit chance to win the game. Like yeah. they, they they had a chance to win the game. So Clay
1: Clay put that thing out there on that dude, man. You can't do that.
3: That's what I'm saying.
2: I, I got to say something about this. You guys are not going to like it. Tough, Steph Curry. I saw a stat about this after the game. Has had so so has had 14 shots in the playoffs in his career to take the lead in the fourth quarter or overtime with under 50 seconds left. Okay, so two shot clocks left. Has never hit one. And I I know I understand it's Steph Curry. So there's a hand in his face. You mentioned the job the AD did on him, right? Very, like, who hits that shot? Well, a lot of times, the answer is Steph Curry. He's hit a lot of those kind of shots in his career. And if he if that goes in, maybe they win the game, right? That ties the game. He didn't hit it. Like, he's go, if, if the Warriors are to come back on the Lakers, as the Lakers once did to the Warriors, or excuse me, as LeBron once did to the Warriors in 2016 when he was with the Cavs, Steph's going to have to hit those super difficult shots. You're not always going to get a high-percentage shot. The game will be on the line. Got to hit them. Got to go down sometimes. No? What are we talking about here? Don't they have to go down in those moments sometimes? I mean, okay. I just – I
3: mean, Steph dropped 50 in games. Like, he's, he's single. Like The only problem I have with that comment, Max, on this particular situation is that the entire offense, due to the volume in which they're running pick and rolls – is centered on just Steph. Sure, Steph. I mean, he had a triple double last night, so he's he generated so many points off those assists that when you go to a high volume pick and roll, Clay just becomes a spot up
2: shooter. Like there's no movement for Clay. Same with Jordan Poole, who had chance. zero points. <laughs> yeah. So. But what I mean is I'm not doubting his greatness in all other circumstances or how much he has to do or why the percentage may go down for him under those clutch situations. I am saying, however, that clutch moments do exist. I believe clutch ability exists. And even if it doesn't, in the end, we look at how many times you've been in that situation and how many times you've come through. Whether or not that's a repeatable ability or you just got unlucky – That's what history will record, whether or not you hit those shots. He's got to hit those if the Warriors want
1: to come back. Uh, Jay, uh, having been two-time college player of the year in an NBA point guard, how many point guards have you ever seen seven feet tall? Never. Okay. So when you have, and this is only from a defensive standpoint, when you have, let's just say he's a guard. When you have a seven-foot guard in A.D., Guarding a six-two guard, how difficult is it to get a shot up?
3: Look, he, I had a hard time against guys like, let's say, Steve Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Guys who are six-seven, yeah. six-seven half, six-eight, because what they they play off you, so they can contest you. You saw Ad his wingspan, like on a, on that possession, he just had his hand out, right? So yeah. as you're moving, it's just it's a difficult target because you're trying to create separation, like. That's why – that's the first thing I said. Like, I give AD so much credit on that possession. One, it's a one-legged stepper that he got a hand up on. And then mm-hmm. the second possession, look at his feet. Like, that, that's a dude who's seven feet on the perimeter guarding yeah. Steph, who's a wizard. Steph is top two in the NBA with a handle. Give, that's, gives,
1: why I you, that's why I asked you wait. that question because from my eyes, having never played in the NBA, it seems to be very difficult to get up a shot when you got a nine-foot dude uh, lunging at you. With a wingspan tr- like with crazy. With a wingspan of like 18 feet. You know, all of those sort of things seems like that, that, was, that matchup favored AD. A Hold on. A guy who can move around with quick feet. All of the situation that you look at in that, in that point in time. Wait a minute. AD can defend in space for a big guy. I get it.
2: Are you suggesting that out on the perimeter – A.D. guarding Steph is an advantage for A.D., the defender? That's what you seem to be suggesting, Key.
1: That's exactly what it was. It was an advantage. So it's it's an advantage. Because he's not only tall, he's wide, believe it or not. He did a great
2: job. I think that's a great point, Jay. But you would think, strategically, that's actually an advantage for Steph, right?
1: Yes. Okay. So you're making it sound like it's an advantage for A.D. No, A.D. did a better job on defense than Steph did on offense. Against dump trucks, in this situation, he's not a dump truck. Uh, well, he's, but, remember, hold on he a second. played guard before. I get it, well, Pete, well, but if you But well, well, what
3: happens out. from somebody who's been guarded by guys at tall, Max, yeah. they can push up on you, right? And when you're forced to try to get around them, that's a seven-footer on your back. So that, yes. that it, it, it ultimately adjusts shots at the rim because that's a dude that can block your shot from behind, and they're funneling you into guys like Bron.
2: 100%. I understand what you're saying. It makes perfect sense to me. What I'm saying is – He's seeming to suggest that that's an advantage for AD. What I'm saying is there are certain strategic advantages to having a live kind of excellent defender who can move his feet on the perimeter guarding a player like Steph, but there are also disadvantages. And generally, you would say the disadvantages outweigh the advantages like you have won if you've got a guy like AD out on the perimeter on Steph. The offense has won that strategic battle. Now... A.D. won the actual matchup battle. Tip your cap to him. But that's an issue of a great defender in a great moment doing better on defense than the offensive player did on offense hey, and on consecutive possessions. Yes, the the man man
1: just saw- to you how difficult it is for a smaller guard going up against a bigger – I'll call him a guard in that situation because he's guarding him. A, a, a bigger guard opponent because he can not only get you from the front he also can get you and block you from the backside advantages. and funnel you to another 6'9 guy that's extremely big yeah. and strong and all the other things. If you remember in the game, if you watch the game, you remember that Steph blew past uh, LeBron. And guess what LeBron did? LeBron let him go by, chased him from behind, Beat the and up off the it against the backboard. Yes, it pays to be tall in basketball. I'm not denying that. I-, I got
3: something to say when we come back from break. It's about Steph, but it's different. I got something to say about Steph.
2: All right, and then we're going to get to the calls. By the way, uh, and also, are, should the Laker, Lakers now be favored to win the title? Yes! 8 say ESPN.
4: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. KJM ESPN
2: Radio. Don't forget, you can download the podcast. Listen to us whenever you want. Go back, check out the interviews. Some moment of hilarity or enlightenment. Hey, enlighten us, Jay. You said something about Steph Curry heading into the break that you wanted to uh, illuminate, enlighten us about.
3: The jump ball situation, Key, you know, after they get Draymond Green makes a turnover. AD gets the ball in the corner. They trap him. It's a jump ball. They go do the jump ball. When Steph catches the ball, like there's not a lot for me to be critical as it relates to Steph on because I think he had a phenomenal game, a beyond phenomenal game. Mm -hmm. But there are little things that when you watch tape, when he caught that jump ball, that little careless turnover where he just pops it over his head, you're thinking about understanding time and situation. They still had a timeout left, right? So if you look on the side clock, there's Lakers have a timeout, Golden State has a timeout. And that's one of those things where you wish, catching that ball, falling down, timeout, timeout. You still would have had one more possession with 3.6 seconds left to go in the game. They give up the possession. That ends up being the game. But it's like those little – Nobody's perfect. Nobody, yeah. yeah. Nobody's saying this. Like, thought- you're allowed to analyze the game here, right? That, that's oh, the situation yeah, in the game.
1: Yeah, I, I thought – Two things, Jay, right? I didn't really understand why he didn't call a timeout. I just – I didn't know if they had a timeout or not. I was like, damn, he didn't call a timeout. I wonder why. Because typically, just like you said, you would go down, you boom, timeout because you know – but I think he thought he, somebody was in the cor- – you know, in the corner of behind course. him. What the same so way? he was just trying to slide that ball over. similar to what Draymond did early in the game. Remember when Draymond dribbled up the court and he just – Passed the ball to Darwin Ham yeah. out of nowhere because he thought. Remember that? Yes. I know you saw it. He thought Gary Payton, I don't know if we we'll call him Junior the third, the second, the second, the second, the second. GP the second was, was supposed to be in the corner, but he ran off the court. So he's automatically thinking that somebody's supposed to be over there. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he didn't call timeout. Maybe it's just a situation where he panicked, man. And it's okay for great a great player like that to panic. Yeah, it happens. I mean, look, the, the Draymond play
3: literally the possession before where he fakes the ball the the ball um the the ball drop off, right? Like a fake handoff and he's trying to hit Clay in the corner like he leaves his feet. Like there're yeah. little things that you do like you're not supposed to leave your feet for a pass, but you know what he's trying to do.
1: But he panicked and, and he looked like he's it, yeah, so to is it panic
2: or is it I always feel like one of the things that the Warriors do well is play Loose, right? Like in the third quarter when all of a sudden the threes are raining down and the roof caves in on you, you're like, damn, I thought we were in this game, and the Warriors win by 25. You, can tell, they... by,
1: you can tell by body language and somebody panicked, man.
2: Okay, but I noticed in play – like there have been times I think of Curry – with the behind the back pass in 16, I think of moments like that where, like, man, that's oddly casual for a moment like this. You're saying that that was panic and not, it, it felt when like. You're in,
1: when you're in the air, like Jay was saying, you underneath the basket, you in the air, you leave your feet. Gotta know where you you're going. You are taught not well, he does.
3: From- well, he does know where he's going. The problem, like, if you look on the opposite side of the court, it was a flare screen. So you had Andrew Wiggins that was setting a back screen on LeBron James, okay. right? And Andrew Wiggins was being guarded by Anthony Davis. Now, I talked about the DHO dribble handoff, right? He fakes the DHO mm-hmm. and Draymond Green. He goes towards the side, underneath the bat, but he's looking for the kickout pass to the corner to clay off that flare screen, but they just switched, right? But you, you, should, you can't leave
1: your feet for a pass like that. Draymond Green leaves his feet. And that, you're not going to have any momentum to even be able to throw the ball when you leave your feet. So you think it's panic in those situations? I call, it, I call it panic. I understand what Jay is saying. I call it panic. That's just the vocabulary of the word that I choose. Doesn't mean. doesn't necessarily mean he was spooked, he was scared. It's just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with the ball right now? I'm just going to throw it to Wiggins because he's right there, and I'm really supposed to give it to Clay, but they done switched on me. I thought it was one thing when I left my feet and came back down. It was something totally different.
3: But the pass by Steph, when you watch it on slow-mo, like, and look, once again, we're just we're analyzing specific moments. Yeah. So I I want to preface this because without Steph Curry's prolific game type energy, they're not even in the game. But that last way off the jump ball, he flicks the ball over his head, but doesn't even survey who's back there. Now I that's once again, you're reacting in the game, but like that those are little things where it's like, all right, off the jump ball, if we don't have call a quick timeout. Timeout, timeout, timeout. Like you can roll around on the ground.
1: Timeout to try to extend it to
3: get Unless another. Unless you
1: possession. don't know you have a timeout.
3: I mean, those things are typically communicated to you. I now, didn't right? know if
1: they had a timeout or not. I was hoping they didn't, but Jay said they did. So if they had a timeout, I think when he did that, Jay, he felt like somebody was gonna be in that. You could just tell because oh, he didn't. Yeah. You know, he just was like, "Okay, I got somebody behind me to pull that three. because that's probably. I, I mean, you tell me from a jump ball standpoint, there's. Position, people are in certain positions, in certain spaces on the floor, and he probably anticipated somebody being sure behind. Sure looks him.
2: like he thought someone was going to be there. Jason in Phoenix, you're on KJM. Uh, good morning to everybody there. Uh, I just want to preface my statement by saying Steph Curry is my second favorite player currently. Um,
0: but I've noticed a lot of the stuff that Max brought up. Um, like I, I had no idea that 0-14 <laughs> was that bad at that. I knew it was going to be lower. I thought it was going to be like 2 or 3 for 14, but
2: 0 Wait, for 14 can we, can we, does can we, a lot. Can we,
3: can we, we talk, talk about this stat, though? Yeah, let me Like, what is a, the actual stat? Because I, it, sometimes stats can be skewed to make something look
2: 100%. different. The, the stat right? It's was, like, oh,
3: within 44 seconds. It's like, well, how many—with 45 seconds. When you see a very, seconds, very a 40-
2: specific stat, like with 50 seconds, with a very— the more specific you see the stat like that, the more you're cooking the books because— for example, it's not 60 seconds yeah. or it's not it's not to tie or take the lead. It's, you know, so they've so the books are cooked on the stat. I get it. But but still, very like this. The caller Jason here is noticing something that I have also noticed in these Which situations that st- the reason I once upon a time said I want Iguadala was well, not the Iguadala can shoot it like Steph. And also, doesn't have to get his own shot the same way, and would be wide open. But but he, he has a certain kind of like ice water in his veins in those moments, like a complete lack of panic, a complete.
1: And Steph, and Steph doesn't have ice water in his veins.
2: I think over the years he's gotten better about that key, but early on I did feel like yeah, I thought he choked a lot in those situations. I did. Jason, what do you feel? <laughs> I do. I and oh, I'm just saying I, I have you, noticed just by watching. Uh, over the years, I've, I'm pulling for stuff to hit these
1: shots, and they don't go down. And then you know KD comes and saves the day for two years, and they've been really lucky with injuries, man. They they haven't beat fully healthy teams. I'll, I'd love
2: it to see it happen, but I got to be with Max on this one. Oh, now, now to be, th- it. Th- 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 to be fair, I, the reason I thought the Lakers had a good shot in this series is I don't think the Warriors are some great. If you take Steph off the Warriors, like he, does, it's not like the Warriors are so much of a better team than the Lakers. Steph doesn't have a second-best player as good as AD right now, and it's not like his role players are incredible. So I agree with you, Jay, that the only reason they're even in this position is because Steph is out of this world. I'm talking about very specific instances at the end of games, in the playoffs. That's a big thing. With the Knicks about to be eliminated, one of their leaders has said something that has some people shaking their heads. That's coming up.
5: to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
3: Welcome back to Keyshawn, Jaywill Will, and Max. I got something to say at the top, Key. I just want to go back to this point that we had with the last caller. So I'm on NBA.com, and this is something that came out towards the end of the year. It says top 10 clutch scores in the NBA. They got Steph at six with clutch point, 49 clutch points, 41, 42% from the three in clutch Regular moments. season or playoffs? Well, throughout the whole
2: season, up to this point. Oh, okay. For this year, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I, I think Steph, it, starting in the Toronto series, became, got you know over years got more comfortable in those situations. It seems to me. But yeah, but I'm just I'm I, I just don't
3: want the conversation to turn into that Steph all of a sudden is not clutch. You got to go where it after takes you. what he did last year mm-hmm. and what he's done this year to get them in this position right now. Anyway, in Game Seven. Like he's had phenomenal performances. He has, of course. Why or
1: you saying you're saying, Jay, he's ranked sixth from the start of the season to the point that we are now. Yes. And he's hitting 42%, you said forty 42% from, from three. Forty two percent from yes. three? I mean that's what not does he bad. Hit normally from three. I
3: don't I don't have yeah. all the info here. I that's, just, that's not bad I, I just though. like Maybe I know how I, I know where body
1: Q- it's a clear body of work from the beginning of the season. To where we are now. That's I just good. know how
3: things sound, Key. Like when you hear specific, like, uh, or oh, 50 seconds, or like, all right, well now you're skewing, you're cutting the pie somewhere. Yeah,
1: you're like cooking that, the that, books. That,
3: that, that's sometimes when you get narrative, like when you get data points or you get percentages like that. It's to fit a narrative of what somebody wants you to believe. I instead understand. of looking at the entirety of it. I just don't want the conversation to turn into all of a sudden recalling Steph Curry not clutch maybe he's never, not as clutch as uh, you, lebron james
1: Well, in lebron james is not as clutch as michael jordan or whatever whoever basically,
2: uh, uh, basically just john stockton
1: i don't care you can call it whoever you want to it's going to always be somebody more clutch than somebody else depending on how you form or shape the narrative that you're trying to put together but, you're, but you guys are acting as though there is no objective reality at all
2: like I think people are no, looking we, for. I don't
1: think we're acting like that at all, no. Max. What we're what we're doing is we giving facts. We're but, not,
2: but when you have, but in objective reality, would you agree? that there is, whether or not we understand exactly what it is, that there is some order of clutchness, right? That that actually well, does exist. Well, then people get their own sense of what that list is. And then your guys are right. They probably yeah. look at numbers that, that confirm their bias. But, a lot of people but there are privy. others who may just look at numbers and take it where it goes. You yeah, know, but a lot of people aren't privy to
3: like the facts, a lot of the facts. A lot of people are making assumptions who also haven't watched a lot of games. Is, like a lot of people literally parachute into the playoffs, and they literally build themes based upon what people tell them the themes are. Why, like,
2: do you, why do you think I'm curious? Because you said you were bringing up an interesting point about AD earlier, about how difficult, how well he played defense on those final, I guess you can call them two possessions, uh, against Steph. And, and usually that's a strategic advantage. If you can draw, even though AD can play in his face, defend – if you got a guy like Steph with his handle, speed, shot, and you got a big like AD on the perimeter, that's an advantage for Steph. Why was it not? not like, these advantage. are the kind of situations. Hold on, Key. I get your point. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying. I understand that there are certain advantages also for AD, but overall, normally you would say that's an advantage for the offense. So, why in this situation is it not, Jay? Or was well,
3: it? Well, who said it? I, I? I was never part of the whole advantage thing. I, I don't know. You and Key started going on advantage, disadvantage. I, I just said that. I thought Anthony Davis. You see why he can not be a top five player in the league is because you don't see big Being bigs with that, feet like that on the
1: perimeter. I, I called it an advantage for ADJ based on what just occurred, which is Steph didn't get to hit either one of those shots, and the primary guy that was haunting him on both of those shots was Anthony Davis, and the reason that is is because he's a seven foot dude with a hundred a hundred foot wingspan, and it makes it very difficult for a smaller guard. To be able to get that yes. shot up and over him, you would know that Jay because you played the position. I can only, I can only look at it from my eyes as being an athlete and saying that's a very difficult shot to make for a smaller guy over bigger people.
2: Okay, we're talking past each other a little bit. Let's let's move on to, to how Julius are we talking Randall. past each other? Because I get that point, Key. You've made it crystal clear, and I agree that there yeah, are Yeah, I make it certain... crystal
1: clear because I'm talking to Jay about this. I want him to understand. I was the person that said that.
2: There are certain advantages to it that Jay has acknowledged, and I can understand also, right? But overall, you're focusing on the advantages for AD. Overall, normally, if you suck a guy like that out to the perimeter against a player like (laughs) Steph, it's an advantage for Steph. So what that tells me is in that moment, AD's defense – was significantly better than Steph's offense since Steph is the one who should have the advantage. Well, it's also shot selection for
3: Steph, right? Like, I think if he were to do it again, he would try to get in his bag a little bit differently. Uh I don't think he would have settled his second shot, uh, a three-point shot that was literally five and a half, six feet behind a three-point. With a hand in his face. Yes. He wouldn't have settled. It should have been you try to rack, you try to get the ball to the sweet spot, give a head fake, feel where AD is on your backside. But the problem is AD is very, very long, man. Like there's certain like, you know, I went on get up a couple years ago and I talked about Kawhi Leonard has like an eight and a half foot wingspan. Right. Where if you if you were to pull out a ruler and just spread it, it was like it was like it's an stupid. airplane. Yeah. Right. So when A.D. we what was our whole conversation before the show started? We we're like, man, can you imagine if A.D. actually got down into a stance? A lot of times he catches the ball standing up. If you look on our last possession, he was down in the stance when he's down in the stance key. You talked about being at the game, actually seeing how tall and long dudes are. Look, look look, look, how AD's hands are out. Like, his arms being out deter your vision and make you think yes. twice because now all of a sudden he yes. can block your shot by playing far off you because it doesn't matter. No
2: matter you who, who you
1: are. No matter who you are because of his size.
2: But normally Key would and, you and use – And it would
1: be a tape measure, Jay, not a ruler. Yeah. Damn. Would you normally want to put A.D. guarding
2: Steph on the perimeter key? Like, would you normally think that's a good idea? Hey, you know what? No. He, right. So in this situation, A.D. In the entire AD game. In Steph, entire, in the even entire though he's at a game, disadvantage.
1: For the entire game, no. Right. But in certain situations, in spots like yeah. that, I would. I get you. By why, the way, they did they, they, they
3: did it like twice. Yeah. Steph made two shots off yeah. it throughout the course of the game, yeah. right? He made one step back three, I think, in the, in the first quarter. And then he had another drive with the layup. Exactly. a layup. Exactly. They, with, they got, got AD on him and he, they took advantage. But, this yeah. is at the, but also one of the things that nobody – this is at the end Good, that's of what game. I want to know. Why is this different? Well, because it's in the game situation, in so, the game.
2: At the end of the game, why is
3: that different? Well, I mean, it just it was last resort.
2: You got to it. Like, you and to it makes it. it
1: more difficult.
2: Right, why – that's what I'm trying to find out is why is it more difficult – Jay, to, at the end of the game for Steph? Probably there.
3: cumulative effect, the fact that Steph has been dragging his team the whole game. He has a 30-point triple-double, and that every possession is co- – like, that's what they're not running a continuity anymore, so every possession has came down to – like, that's why it's like, look, at the end of the day, Steph's body isn't built like LeBron James' body. LeBron James' body at 6'8", 235, 240 pounds is built to withstand – a lot of the endurance that comes along with carrying a team possession by possession as relates to ball handling. That's why Steph, built in the continuity system, is perfect for him. But now when you increase his diet of the volume of pick and roll, like that wear and tear is on your body, man. Your legs become heavy
2: in the games. All right. People still want to talk about this. We haven't even gotten to the Knicks and Julius Randle and Jimmy Butler yet i yeah, kind of with you on that. Heat are up three games to one. So are the Lakers. What does this mean about who's heading for the finals? Denver suddenly knotted up after looking like the best team in the game. Devin Booker still going crazy. What do we expect from him? Can that possibly continue? 888-SAY-ESPN. Keyshawn J. Will Max. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So... Should we now consider the Lakers, all that said, the favorites to win the whole thing this year, to be their second championship in four years? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?